T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, and liftoff. That's right, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You get the horns sports edition. Tad and Jeff here. And uh, well, first of all, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I'm sore, man. I've uh, been painting and fixing up uh, the, the the new studio and mm. I am not in painting shape. I can tell you that much. <laughs> and not, here's the kicker. season. It's the off season for painting right now. <laughs> off season for me. Here's the kicker. Listen to this. I, I didn't even tell you the story. So my wife calls me like she goes to work early. She calls me at like six thirty, and she's like, "Hey, I went down. I went down to the uh, the studio because um, she was down there yesterday while I was watching football, touching up stuff, uh, you know." Yeah. And she's like, "I think we must have used the old paint," and I'm like, "Well, because it doesn't look like it's dried very well, and it, it looks like different." So I was like, "No, I don't think that's possible, right?" But whatever. So end up um, going down to the basement and I'm looking, I'm like, this isn't even the right paint. (laughs) What? I was like, so she had, to her, uh, I guess uh, to her benefit, um, she had, uh, I had not put away the the primer because I had to put some walls up. So I had some drywall primer. So (laughs) it looks the same. But uh, it is a it is completely different. One was drywall primer that you got to put on when you put up first drywall. Yeah, uh, it wasn't the same, and oh. so it just looks like these streaks of like I don't know, like water damage. All <laughs> of- <laughs> so oh man! Now we have to touch it all up again. So oh. yeah, yeah. Oh so, boy. So it, it won't be that bad, but it was just funny because yeah. she was like all proud, ready. You know, hey, got most of this <laughs> done. We're ready to go. And then she gets up this morning like, this doesn't look right. And yeah. I'm Something's like, going no, horribly wrong. You're right. It doesn't look right because this yeah. is not the paint you were supposed to use. <laughs> so, a lot of touch-ups Oof. we got to do. But other than that, we're good. A uh, little awful uh, football on Sunday, but we'll get into that. So Yes. Well, yeah, we got plenty to talk about. Uh, yeah, lots, lots of... Uh, Let's talk about, and of course, the unveiling of your uh, new studio will be happening soon, uh, next few weeks maybe. So we'll be looking forward to uh, to that. Uh, and and, I, and I, I guess breaking news: you will not be having a water damaged look to the studio. Is what you're saying? I might. <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, at this point, I don't care what it looks like. <laughs> Just get it done. I don't care. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit. I guess uh, NFL to start with, and 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 here's what we're gonna do, you know, tonight, just so people kind of understand right up front. We're gonna talk a little NFL Week Nine reaction. We're gonna talk some Week Ten preview for NFL. We're also gonna talk uh, some boxing. Big boxing match uh, happened over the weekend. We're gonna talk a little bit about that, and we've got some great details. And then some a uh, little bit of breakdown, maybe from some of these games uh, from the weekend, and uh, maybe some first impressions. Uh, based on where people stand after what we've seen recently. So uh, let's start with a little uh, week nine reaction. Uh, look, I mean, a lot to see. And it was, or I guess it was week week eight reaction, right? Am I week looking eight, at yep. the, Yeah, week yeah, eight week reaction. Eight. Sorry. So uh, week eight reaction. I'm uh, getting too excited. 
Uh, we're not going to go through every game here. Obviously, it's, you know, it's it's too many. But let's talk about a few maybe standout games that uh, that jumped out at you. I certainly have uh, have a couple, but uh, I think I know where you may want to start. Um, and uh, if uh, if you want to air some grievances uh, regarding the Jaguars Steelers game, I guess uh, now's a, now's a good time to do it. We'll try to limit it to a, a few minutes, but uh, but yes, I know there there were some issues oh, there. I thought we were going to talk Panthers Texans, but I guess I guess <laughs> we can start there. Uh, listen, uh, do you have the uh, do do you have uh, the thing I sent you? Can, do you, do you yes. mind pulling that up? Yes, give me just a second here, and I will pull that up while you're talking here. So I, I've told you, um, I, I don't ever, I, I'm never a blame the refs type of a situation. Um, I, I just, you know, refs make mistakes, things happen. Uh, I don't believe they determine outcomes of a game, but I'm going to tell you the refs in this game decided the first half of this game. This was the worst officiating I have ever ever seen in my entire life i you're if you're looking at this play on on youtube one of these teams was called offsides (laughs) and it wasn't jacksonville (laughs) (laughs) this was a this was a 51 yard field goal attempt that the Steelers were called offsides on. I have never in my life, as long as I've been watching sports, uh, watching football, which we're pushing 40 years that I have uh, been watching football, I have never seen an offsides penalty called on the kicking team <laughs> on a field goal try. I have never. Alan Eck, who was the referee, uh, apparently um, – said the right guard was lined up in the neutral zone. His head was over the back edge of the ball. So by rule, that's an So that off... would be up here then, correct? So, so I'm assuming... this helmet here being over top of the ball. I mean, this helmet is also over top of the ball. This helmet, I guess, is the first... So uh, it's hard to see what we're looking at. This is the center's helmet or the snapper, So it would be the right guard. So it would have to be... Yeah, it would have to be there. I mean, I guess that's it. He was just... I don't know, a quarter of a helmet lined up too far over. I've never, yeah. I didn't even know that was a rule. I mean, I, no. I, because I've never heard it called. Meanwhile, you can see on Jacksonville side, the guys clearly <laughs> lined up in the neutral zone, clearly yeah. over the line, and it wasn't called. There was also a roughing the penalty passer that was called uh, against the Steelers. It it looked so textbook to me. It was the absolute most textbook sack I've ever seen roughing the passer no more than I don't know 10 plays 12 plays later Kenny Pickett gets sacked the guy takes grabs him drives him two steps and then drives him into the ground landing on top of him and Kenny goes out with rib injuries no call and if you look at the replay which trust me I did I was sitting there staring (laughs) at everything the back judge wasn't even looking you can actually, there's a still, and I wish I would have taken a picture of it. There's a still of him not even looking at Kenny Pickett. It was just such an off, uh, just an awful, awful, uh, just set of, of of calls that I, I it, it was, they just had a bad game, the refs. And I'm not yeah. saying the Steelers had a good game. There's, I'm not letting the Steelers off the hook. Uh, this team is pathetic uh, on offense. It is embarrassing. 
embarrassing how bad they are. Um, you know, Chris Long came out today. Um, you know, we're familiar with Chris. Uh, he's mm-hmm. got his uh, Green Light podcast. Came out today, like uh, almost in defense. And 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 to be honest, I didn't listen to the full thing, so I don't know. But in essence, it was uh, him. You know, I, I apparently everyone's just tired of the Fire Matt Canada. You know, mm, yeah, facade. Right? They they're just tired of hearing it. Well, <clears throat> you know, he you know his his words were you know you just sometimes you just need to execute. I don't disagree with that. First play sure. of the game, very first play of the game was a touchdown pass to Deontay Johnson that Deontay probably still should have caught because it did hit his hands, but had it been put in a little bit better of a situation or a little bit better of a pass, uh, that's a walk and touchdown first play of the game. Hmm. Uh, there was also another play about uh, four minutes left uh, in the second quarter as Jacksonville's just dominating us. They're up six, nothing because our defense was just holding so well. And, he was late throwing to Deontay Johnson. And it was just one of those things like where I'm watching it and I'm replaying it and I'm showing my kids. I'm like, look at this right now. He needed to hit him and right. it just waited too long. <laughs> Deontay slips, trying to go back for the ball, ends up having to kick a field goal. Uh, it's just pathetic. But here's what I will say. Yes, they need to execute. But three years of this, are you telling me for three years, just nobody on this offense has executed? When you have teams coming out, players coming out and being like, we knew what they were going to run. We've heard that multiple times this year. We knew what they were going to run. You have Warren Sharp breaking it down saying, when they go to this package and this tight end set, 99, 95% of the time, they're running the ball. There's no... There's no gimmick to it. There's no there's no change up. Uh, someone posted today that Kenny Pickett is the fifth highest rated quarterback when he's in play action. The problem is, is he's dead last in the number <laughs> of play action plays. Right. That's not execution. That is offensive right. play calling. That's all on Matt Canada. Yeah. And it's you're just wasting a defense. I was watching the game and I'm like, this defense like can't do any more than what they have done. Jacksonville was able to run all over them. And trust me, Devontae Casey, I, I, the dude, I, <laughs> there was a play that he gave up a 50-yard touchdown pass to uh, Travis Etienne. And, and I'm looking at the play, I'm like, what are you doing? But in fairness, he was in because Minka Fitzpatrick ended up getting hurt and leaving the game and not returning. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff there. And I want to, I want to, I'm sorry, we're going a little long and I apologize. But I want to read you a quote uh, that happened today mm-hmm. from our head coach, mm-hmm. Mr. Mike Tomlin, concerning the defense. The defense that got three turnovers in this game, strip fumbles, two fumbles, and, a, and an interception in the end zone, which again, Casey makes the interception. I'm yelling at him to go down. He decides he's going to try to run it out, steps out of the two-yard line. However, the Steelers, actually, that was when they were able to actually take the ball all the way down and kick a field goal uh, from our own two. But here's what he had to say. To be clear, so just for the setup here, to be clear, this is from Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin talking about the defense after an impressive defensive performance against Jacksonville where they had three turnovers. Well, they had three turnovers. Let me take it away. Mike Tomlin, we were able to get some turnovers, some meaning three, 
Yeah. But they weren't the type of turnovers that tee up the offense in terms of being on the short field. Although I do appreciate them. <laughs> they keep the score down. They weren't the type of ones that teed up the offense. And obviously we've got <laughs> we got a desire to dominate the turnover component of play. We get some, but not the type that's really advantageous. Uh, okay, so uh, I, <laughs> so we talked just briefly about this earlier. Actually, yeah. only through text. We haven't even spoken about this, right? Because this just came out like this afternoon at, at, at his at his presser. And look, I'm no Steelers fan, but I respect the team. Um, that's the dumbest thing. That maybe I, one of it's got to be one of the dumbest things I've ever heard any head coach say. You have a team that just came off of a very, very good defensive performance. Single-handedly is the reason that you were able to stay in that game. Forced three turnovers. And then you downplay that by saying like, well, they weren't really the right kind of turnovers because they weren't the ones that tee us up on offense. In my opinion, and maybe someone else is like a more knowledgeable football savant, every turnover tees up your offense if it's a defensive turnover it tees up your offense does he want it at the goal line like where does he want right. it it has to be teed up for oh they have to be in the red zone when you take the ball over like well, how does this work that that's not good enough right i i, I would never begin to understand that uh, you got me because i i have I, I read that and read it again and read it again and i'm still so confused as to how like what that even means advantageous uh, advantageous turnovers they weren't that's what they weren't yeah they were not what are you talking and about he appreciates you doing him a favor hey, pre- thanks. hey look thanks a lot i pre- don't get me wrong it's not that i don't appreciate it thanks <laughs> Just... defense it's not that i don't appreciate you steelers defense for getting three turnovers but they weren't the right kind of three turnovers for the Steelers to be good. That's coming from your head coach to your defense the day after a difficult loss. Yeah. That's that, asinine that's, to me. It's it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard Mike Tomlin say. And trust me, his Tomlinisms are, <laughs> get, are, are wearing thin. I'm going to be yeah. honest. They wear you pretty thin. You know, after the game is like, well, you know, we got to execute better. What does that mean? Like, yeah. what? Like, what? Like, what Who are you doesn't? talking about? So does right. the other team. The other team wants right. to execute better too. That doesn't and like, how? like how? Uh, yeah, and and we'll talk about the defense. Like, uh, well, you were giving them a short field all the time. Like Presley Harvin was punting, and, and like he would have some good punts, but then a lot of punts were going, you know, to the thirty-five yard line, you know, forty-yard line. That's yeah. a short field in the NFL. I'm sorry, absolutely. So if you're holding them at that point to six points in the first half, what more do you want? You know, it was nine to three at halftime. What more can you ask of a defense that had been out there literally three times the amount that the Steelers were up? The Steelers didn't get a first first down until sometime there in the second quarter. And they lead the league in three and outs in the first quarter. They probably lead the league in three and outs overall. That's a defense that's just constantly out there. You, you yeah. get the TV timeout. 
like all told, they're probably getting maybe five minutes of a break and they're running right back in there to do it all over again against a pretty good Jacksonville team. I knew this was going to be a tough game from the yeah. beginning. I knew, I mean, Jacksonville is no slouch. Uh, they're a good team. Um, it's just, it, it, that's not the way that that game should have gone. And then to say that, yeah, we appreciate the three turnovers, but you know, they really didn't help us much. We of course know, they didn't help the, you much because you didn't have a good offense to be able to right. take advantage of any of those turnovers. Yeah. I mean, it seems to me, that what you would want your coach to say would be something like hard to argue with the fact that we got the job done on defense. We got three turnovers. You can't ask for more than that. It's our job to execute better on offense, to capitalize on those opportunities when they're given to us. Like, you know why he doesn't say that? Because then the next very next statement out of the mouth is going to be, well, how do you fix that with, an offensive coordinator who ranks 31st in the NFL, who is ranked uh, 30th or worse for the past three years. Yeah. Because he knows that question's coming. He knows that's going to yes. be the next question. And of course he doesn't want to, uh, you know, he doesn't want to uh, bring that, um, bring that up. So, well, the other thing too, that I'll just interject really briefly is, and I, and I, I, I responded to your text with this as well, which is in my opinion, what Mike Tomlin said in this statement this is how you lose a team. I'm not saying he will, but this is exactly how you do it. Because what you're doing is the, the, the side of the ball that is holding it together for you, keeping you in games, you're basically dismissing their contribution. Oh, cool. Yeah, you got three, but wasn't really what we needed. Didn't really make a big difference in the game. Wasn't very impactful for us. Weren't the right kind of turnovers. And so if I'm a defensive player, and I've been killing myself because the offense can't sustain any drives. I'm exhausted. I'm making plays. I'm single-handedly keeping us in games. And then that's what the coach has to say about what I'm doing. I'm going to start getting pissed, right? And I know this firsthand because, look, the Ravens, historically over the years, you go back even to the 2000 Ravens that won the Super Bowl. It was all defense, right? And the offense could not score. I mean, they went five straight games without a touchdown, and, you know, you look at that and they won three of those five, two, two or three of those five games. And the, the idea was the team stays together. You don't start like dismissing and things like that. And I don't understand, like there was never a time where they made it seem like they were pleased with the offense during that time. Like, no, 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 we're good. We're good. It's just the defense has to do more. It was an historic defense, right? They're doing everything already. So you have to give them credit. And then say, we need to work on it on the offensive side so that we can contribute as much on offense as they're contributing on defense. Only then will we be a balanced team. Only then will, be a, we, will we be a real threat in this league. To say what he said here is just, I mean, it's, it's borderline malpractice. And if I'm a defensive player on this team, I'm pissed. I'm pissed. And I'm not just yes. saying this to attack the Steelers. I'm truly not. I was shocked because I had not seen the quote. When you sent that quote out and I read it, I was floored that an NFL head coach would be that tone deaf to say something like that. It makes no yeah. sense to me. Yeah. Steelers are currently setting second place in the North at four and three, currently the sixth seed, and they are minus 34 in the point differential. <laughs> so obviously something's happening. Something's working. Um, yeah. and, and it's the defense here. We talked about last week, the, uh, the Raiders and their points. Here's the Steelers uh, points of the season. Seven, 
26, 23, 6, 17, 24, and 10. This is not an offense that's lighting the world on fire no. by any stretch of the imagination. No. And so, yeah, it's all right now falling onto the defense. And you should be trying to make that defense feel about as good as it possibly can feel uh, because this is uh, an offense that is absolutely pathetic. And it's pathetic to the point where you have so many weapons on that offense that this should easily be a, a – a 24, 25 point a game uh, team. There's yeah. so many weapons on this offense. Makes no I don't sense. care what you say. You just, you can't scheme to get these guys open. Uh, if you're telling me that they're not playing hard, then that's an, that's a coaching issue. That's an issue. Right. Let's not, you're not going to get rid of Deontay Johnson after just signing him to a contract. You're not going to get rid of, you know, the, you know, Kenny Pickett, you're not going to get rid of Nashi Harris. I'm sure. Eventually you're going to get rid of him, but <laughs> you're not going to be getting rid of these guys. Yeah. Uh, if they're not playing hard, why are they still out there? So are you losing the team? Uh, is the team just not playing hard for you? Or is the team just not um, responding to you? That's, that's, that's on you. You've got yeah. to get those guys ready to go. So, all right, we spent enough time on this way more than I wanted to, but uh, <laughs> I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not saying that the uh, refs uh, lost us the game. I'm just saying, that was a pathetic showing by them and by the Steelers offense yet again. So, yeah, hard to argue, hard to argue there. Um, you know, I'll tell you one thing that jumps out at me. It's not a score, but, uh, you know, look, the, the Vikings win uh. against the Packers 24 to 10, but that win comes with a massive loss with the injury to quarterback Kirk Cousins. It sucks for Kirk Cousins, man. I mean, this guy is having an MVP quality season. He is doing fantastic, probably playing the best football that we've ever seen him play. And that's without Justin Jefferson. That people yes. are already kind of forgetting about the fact. Like it's it's not just like, oh yeah, Kirk was having a great season. Kirk was having a great season without the best wide receiver probably in all of football to be able to throw the ball to. And he's just doing the job. And then, man, we just we just see it, man. You could see that replay. You could see that Achilles oh. pop, that, you know, that vibration in the calf, man. And it's so mm. terrible when you see it because, you know, there's zero question about what it is. We saw right. the exact same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Now we see it uh, with Kirk Cousins, and it's just a terrible loss for the Vikings. It's just awful. And they really had a chance to really probably win the next five games. Falcons, Saints, Broncos, Bears, and Raiders. <laughs> that would have gotten them to nine and four. Um <sighs> After starting zero and three, starting one and three, they managed. They would have been at nine and four, setting setting pretty there. So, uh, just an awful loss in a contract year. Don't feel too bad for Kirk on a contract year, considering the money that Kirk's made in his career. But it's still, you know, that that stinks. Although, did you see Aaron Rodgers on the sideline on on, on the field throwing the ball? Dude, you wouldn't even know he's injured. What he's like is trotting around throwing the ball like it's nothing? What is happening there? How is it's that a possible? very experimental new surgery that they did. I've seen a whole thing. You know what? We need to have Dr. Jesse Morse back on maybe at some point to <laughs> really give us good. the breakdown because he was awesome and he, he was super helpful on. He predicted Anthony Richardson being out for the season way ahead of time before anyone was saying that. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he's really good. So I might need to reach back out to him and see if he can kind of explain to us what exactly Aaron Rodgers has done different. Cause I understand it's a new type of surgery. I would not be surprised at all if Kirk cousins does the exact same thing to try to speed up the process because yeah, I mean, you wouldn't even know 
looking at Aaron Rodgers that he just got injured, what, uh, eight weeks ago or whatever yeah. it was. Like, it's just crazy. It is wild. Yeah, I mean, he <laughs> same zip on the ball, like, doing the, like, three-step drop, planning, yeah. throwing. I'm like, should he be doing this? But, right. I, I mean, I guess anything. he knows his own body. <laughs> I suppose he knows. So, yeah, but just awful for Kirk, though. Um, yeah. Man, the Vikings really had a chance. And now – a lot of talk what they're going to do here tomorrow at the trade deadline um and you know they're they've got a um is he a, yeah i think he's a rookie uh jaron hall right now is their backup quarterback um and uh oh my gosh kevin o'connell there we go that's who it was uh was non-committal um uh with him so and we've heard some names float around Colt McCoy. He's had some uh, experience with him. Um, I'm going to tell you what needs to happen. I'm going to lay it out right now what needs to happen for the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings fans, listen up. I'm about to solve your problems. This is a no-brainer for me. This is when you go and you grab Ryan Tannehill from the Tennessee Titans. There is no move that makes more sense for the Minnesota Vikings right now. That is not because Ryan Tannehill is a great quarterback, but he's almost definitely better than anyone the Minnesota Vikings have on their roster. And based on what we saw yesterday from Will Levis, and based on where Tennessee stands for the season already, I know Tannehill's a little banged up, but he's not out for the season or anything. So at this point, ship him out. Get him to Minnesota. Minnesota can continue to, to see what they can manage to hold together this year. You're not signing Tannehill to a long-term deal or anything. The Titans can move forward with Will Levis, who I got to believe they would like to anyway. I don't think there's another move that makes better sense. I mean, would you rather have Ryan Tannehill or Colt McCoy right now in their career? You're probably going to say Ron Tannehill, right? I mean, I guess. Tannehill's at I, least I mean, a technically a starting quarterback. In he the is technically, yeah. I mean, he is. That's this year are just putrid. Um, yeah. I mean, he couldn't even manage to get a touchdown pass to DeAndre Hopkins, and Will Levis <laughs> manages to go in there and get three. Uh, currently yeah. on the year, uh, he's completing 62% of his passes. For 1,128 yards, two touchdowns, six interceptions, 19 sacks. Uh, I don't know, man. I might take my chances with a Colt McCoy or someone like that. I I don't know the the Minnesota's offensive line type of situation. I just know Ron Tannehill doesn't have it anymore. Um, I no. I feel like he's done. Stopgap, maybe. Um, you That's know, all I, I guess, would look at. It's again, uh, yeah, not a long-term would, signing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – um, I would think, uh, real heavily about going out and getting the, uh, backup quarterback for the Washington commanders as who mm. I would be making a call to, um, mm. he would be probably one that I would, uh, probably, um, uh, consider Who's the backup there again. Um, that Drawing is, um, yeah, so am I at this point, uh, <laughs> 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 uh played for the, uh, Oh my gosh, where is Oh, oh it's uh, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, my gosh. Yes. I, was, I don't think I was going to be able to reach for that. I was hoping you would just <laughs> grab it and go on. Um, I, I didn't even get a chance to look it up. It popped into my head. Yeah, uh, yeah very so good. Jacoby Thank Brissett. you. Uh, that's who I would think I would be targeting. Yeah. I think I'd be going after him. No, because, that's smart. Yeah, I mean, he he more than was able to command that, um, that offense for the Browns and did a much better job than um, 
yeah. than Deshaun Watson did. So yeah, I think that's <laughs> probably where I would lean if you're in the market, if you think you can make a good run, which next five games are very winnable. Uh, I don't know if they're winnable with a, you know, with a rookie QB, but then there, there we are again. And this is a conversation probably, you know, for another day. Um, why is, a, a, if, if he's not going to be your guy, why is he your backup quarterback? Right. <laughs> Yeah, like isn't that why you have a backup quarterback? I know Kirk has never yeah. missed time, has never missed a game, and you know, but he's your second string quarterback. Like there were so many other options, you let go Kellen Mond because you right. wanted this guy to come in. So now you're non-committal. Like er, I don't know, man. <laughs> we weren't <laughs> expecting this. Yeah, we never thought he'd have to play. So uh, that's a- I mean. Yeah, so, I mean, why have him? Like, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, if that's your best option at backup quarterback and he's not good enough to start for you from here on out that you're thinking about going out and getting someone else, yeah, why even have him as your backup quarterback? It doesn't make sense. I know some people have um, uh, said make a phone call to one Mr. Tom Brady, uh, but I don't <laughs> see that happening. So, no, no. Now, I, if, if Justin Jefferson was healthy... Would Maybe that be something that, that I could mean, be of interest for sure? That offense, Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, you have yeah. the tight end there. Um, yeah. Uh, name slips my mind. Oh, TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. I mean, you've got Cam Akers, Alexander Madison. I mean, you, you got all you've the got pieces. A really good offense there. And you would expect probably you would see uh, Justin Jefferson back in the next week or two. I, would assume, I don't know if that's the four week, uh, IR situation, but yeah. you know, you would assume he would be back soon. So it would have to be at least tempting for Brady. If Tom to Brady think. was going to come back, if he yeah. was, and he's not, but if Tom Brady was going to come back, you have to think Minnesota makes the most sense. Yeah. That makes the most sense. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at the sack totals for Kirk this year, offensive line has been doing a decent job for him. You know, and we know that Brady has to have a good offensive line. I don't think Brady could come back at this point. I think there's just too much water under the bridge. Uh, but I mean, if he did, that's I mean that that the, the table is set to be able to walk in and have great success, particularly if Justin Jefferson's able to come back and be healthy. But almost definitely, agree. we've seen the last game in Minnesota for Kirk Cousins at this point. Yeah, I feel like they wanted that anyways, which is is another weird situation for me. Uh, I don't quite get. I don't know what else you want. Um, is Kurt, you know, a top three quarterback in the NFL? No, but is he a top 10? Yeah. Yeah. And could you. And on any given week, he's capable of playing like, oh, a, top uh, like a top three. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you can't build around that. You couldn't like, how much better can you get? Like you're, you're now talking like upper echelon of QB. So you're just blowing it all up. And I, I really feels like it is because I mean, what Daniel Hunter signed that contract, but now he can't be tagged again. I think with that little one year deal or whatever he, he signed. So it sounds like they want to let him go, but then you got Justin Jefferson there. who's not just going to sit around and say, well, yeah, let me let me wait three years of my career for you to rebuild. So, yeah, you had the best wide receiver in the league and you're looking to blow it up. Uh, he's not going to stick around for that. And then there you are again. Hope not. Who else are you going to get better than Justin Jefferson? So you let yeah. him walk and you let him go or you trade him because, you know, he's not going to resign. 
it's just, yeah, it doesn't make sense for a team that won, what, 11 games? No, 13 games last year? Well, I don't it's know, something ridiculous. Now, yeah. a lot of them were one-score games and everything, but you, you want them. think you want them and you think you could build around that. So, <laughs> very yeah. weird situation up there. I still don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, you're right. It's confusing up there. And there's going to be one other situation that we'll touch on that's a little bit confusing, which is the Broncos beat the Chiefs 24 to 9. I mean, people didn't bother to bet on this game because it would have been such a landslide. Like, you couldn't make any money because everyone would have been voting on the Chiefs or betting on I... the Chiefs. Denver pulls this off. I mean, the odds on this were like astronomical. Yeah. I want to say ninety three percent of the vote was on uh, was on the Chiefs, <laughs> or you know, of, of the uh, yeah betting was on the Chiefs. So yeah, uh, in fairness, Patrick Mahomes was dealing with the flu, um, which proves he's no Michael Jordan. <laughs> um, <laughs> did not play a good game. Ended up with two picks, um, twenty four thirty eight, two forty one, two picks. Um, yeah, did you see him uh, play Taylor Swift at the end? Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. Ugh. And one week yeah. after I say that Russell Wilson isn't elite, uh, he must have heard the show and said, hold, hold my beer uh, and went out there. Um, but literally, he was 12 of 19 for 114 yards. <laughs> <laughs> but he had three touchdowns. So That's it's all, like, all you have to do. Yeah, yeah. And now they've won, what, what have they won, three of their last five or something like that? They're looking uh, good. They're looking yes. good. Now sitting at three and five saying they're not going to openly uh, look to trade players. They'll take phone calls, but they're not openly looking. You know, that's just, that's the difference. This, this league, I'm telling you, is just a literal week to week league. Yes. Because it, after last week, they were looking to, you know, sell the whole, sell the whole entire team. And now, <laughs> all right, they beat the best team, dominated them really. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I was looking at that. I was like, I was so excited to watch that game because they were calling for six to 14 inches of snow. I know. And I turned the game on. I was like, where'd the snow go? Yeah. How was there <laughs> nothing? There was it's not like... a drop of snow. <laughs> and they showed beforehand. So I guess they've got pipes and heating mm -hmm. run yeah. all under that. And they, I guess they had plowed it like three or four times, had it covered and plowed. I was like, man, this sucks. But I didn't even yeah. see anything in the stadium. Like, what'd you do yeah. with it? Yeah, so, yeah very disappointed. Yeah. I was looking for some October snow game. Uh, right. Yeah. Stupid field crew. <laughs> so good at your job. Yeah. All right. So, uh, look, I think unless you had anything else, I think that we'll, we'll just kind of wrap up a week nine uh, review there or week eight review. Man, I keep oh, looking ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. We got one more we're going to discuss. Okay. That is the San Francisco 49ers now losing three straight games, getting absolutely dominated at home by Cincinnati. We are looking now at just a, a total uh, collapse on this. Can I can I can I give you a stat and and you tell me whether or not you uh, yep. you you believe this to be true? Under Kyle Shanahan, when trailing by three or more points entering the fourth quarter, what do you think their record is? Uh, how many total games? 36 games. Oh, wow. 36 games. Trailing by three or more points. Entering the in fourth, the fourth quarter. quarter out of 36 games. I mean, they're, they're a really good team. I'm going to say that they would win 25 of those games. Okay. Subtract 23 off of that. They are 2-34 and 34 
two and 34 when they're behind by a field goal. Now, let me, let me tell you, (laughs) it, it gets even worse. They're 63 and 14 under Kyle Shanahan when they're not trailing by more than one score. When they are behind by more than eight points in the fourth quarter, they are 0 and 38 now. Okay, so okay, so start this over. Tell the first one from the beginning so that I completely so, understand. Out of a total of 30 okay, whatever so games. 30 36 games. 36 trailing games. by three or more points entering the third uh, fourth quarter. They are uh-huh. 2 and 34. The 49ers are 2 and 34 under Kyle Shanahan when trailing by three or more points entering the fourth quarter. <sighs> And they are 0-38 when they trail by eight points or more. Wow. So you can't even, like, they're, if you're they're up by eight, that yeah. you might as well just call the yeah, game at done. that point. How but is that even possible? if you're up by possible? eight, you're, you're also going to definitely win. It, I don't know if that's a fluke. Wow. I, that can't be a fluke stat, can it? I mean, that is, that's a pretty huge sample size. Yeah. And, I, and again, I don't know what other teams' records are trailing by eight points entering the fourth quarter. I'm assuming it's not good uh, for most, most teams, but trailing by three points entering the fourth quarter and you've won two out of 36 games. And knowing how good that team is, I'm looking, I mean, I literally picked 25 as the number because I'm thinking, well, they're a really good team down by three is essentially a tie game. I mean, that means nothing. They're the better team most of the time. So you're going to win the majority of those games, three quarters of those games. You should win if you're only if it's a three point game. If you're the Niners, you should probably it's win three quarters of the game. I, I would, I would, you know, give you, I would give you fifty fifty at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess would be eighteen and eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow, they're not even five hundred. They're, I mean, that they are, you know, the uh, Oakland Athletics at that point of, <laughs> <laughs> of football. Wow. Isn't that insane with that offense, with those weapons, with the points they can put up? <sighs> and honestly, with that defense. Yeah. That what, do they you, what do you need that you don't have? I, wow. You have got me. That is just a wild stat. I mean, they're, hey, overall, he's got a fantastic record, uh, no, no doubt. But it appears that the only way this team wins is if they are out way ahead, uh, yeah. which is crazy. So. Have uh, yeah. have teams figured out Brock Purdy? Is this what we've uh, what we've gotten to at this point? Sure, seems like that might be the case. I mean, my goodness, like things have really the wheels have come off. Now we know he had a Brock Purdy had a concussion, or he was in the concussion protocol, you know, leading up to this game after last week, and so there was some thinking that maybe when he turned the ball over last week, he still was suffering the effects of a potential concussion. But I mean, he had some costly turnovers in uh, in this game as well, and so you know, I, I, I it's going to be interesting to see. Like, yeah, maybe teams look. We've seen it before, right? You get a little tape on the guy, and then all of a sudden things start to change because you you understand how to play him. Three touchdowns, five picks in his last three games after mm-hmm. not having a pick all season. So I, I don't know what that means. So Brock Purdy. Uh, so so Brock Purdy. You said in, in what what are the stats again on Brock Purdy? The last three games he's had five, uh, three touchdowns, five picks. Uh, the prior games before that he didn't have a single, um, did not a single pick. So he's thrown so, five interceptions in his last three games. Yep, and had zero prior to that. 
zero prior to that. That's wow. it. Yeah. So something. I mean, the numbers are there. On. I mean, you know, his numbers are there. This game, he was still seventy-one percent completion percentage, three hundred sixty-five yards, um, had a touchdown pass, but two picks. Wow. I don't know what that means, man. I mean, that's, you know, you're getting into like the Tony Romo numbers at that point <laughs> where, you know, he's putting up 365 yards, throwing for three touchdowns, but throwing four picks, you know, yeah, like in yeah. big games. I don't know. I, I don't know if teams have, have, have picked him up or, you know, figured him out or, you know, if this is a, you know, no Debo Samuel type of situation. I, I don't Doesn't know. Help, but they have other weapons there. They've I mean, got with, plenty with of weapons. The, yeah. I mean, Debo wasn't a factor; wasn't the problem the first four or five games of the year. Right. It certainly wasn't an issue with them because Debo hasn't played well all year. He's been hurt so much. Yeah. Brandon Ayuk has been a big, uh, a, you know, big target. Uh, they finally got George Kittle moving and going um, this past game, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, boy. The wheels are falling off quick there. Well, let me ask you this. I'm just going to hit you with something uh, here. I'm going to call this this segment First Impressions. First Impressions. So, if you are the Tennessee Titans and you just played Will Levis this week, who threw three touchdowns, what are your first, or four touchdowns for Will Levis? What are your... What's your first impression here of Will Levis now? Is is Will Levis going to be your starter in Tennessee? Yeah, it's done. It's over. I mean, that game sealed everything off because I want to say um, Ryan Tannehill, I think, all year has thrown for, what What did I just say, um, six touchdowns all year? No, I'm sorry, two touchdowns all year. Yeah. <laughs> and Will Levis comes <laughs> in and throws four in one game. Yeah, I've, I've seen enough. I mean, what yeah. what else could you possibly want from a guy? He is He's a younger Ryan Tannehill. And potentially, I mean, look, I watched all of the touchdown passes. They weren't all great throws. No. Like, they really weren't. I mean, they were. some of them were a little underthrown. Some of them were a little bit behind. DeAndre was able to make something happen, you know, catch it behind him, turn it upfield, get across the seam. One was a perfect throw in the end zone, deep, you know, kind of over the shoulder in front, really nice. Um, they weren't perfect throws. And those DeAndre in particular was wide open. I mean, like the, he, he's catching this ball. He's, you know, he's just, I don't know how that happens, but either way, you know, it's still, the guy had the poise. He went out and he made the plays. I mean, that's the only thing you can ask for is the guy to go out and make the plays that are in front of him. And, and, you know, regardless of what anyone thinks about it, there are going to be some growing pains for Will Levis. Will Levis is not going to come in and throw four touchdowns every week. So when he comes out next week and coincidentally, plays against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Thursday, Thursday night football. You can't expect that he's going to go out and just throw another four touchdowns and everything's going to be the same. And it's just going to be, no, I mean, he's going to have his off days. He's going to have, you know, a learning curve, but what we saw uh, definitely gives us some, some indication that there's going to be, you know, some, some, some good moments as well with Will Levis. I think so. Yeah. I mean, you know, but again, there we are. Um, you're hmm? allowing DeAndre Hopkins to make those catches. You're at least throwing yeah. it up and saying, Put him in the position to do hey, it. you're DeAndre freaking Hopkins. I think you can catch this. Like, yeah. the Hopkins has no touchdowns at all the first seven, six games of the year, whatever it is, and manages to pull away with three in that game with a rookie quarterback. Now, I'll ask you this. 
do you think Mike Vrabel to me is reminds me a lot of Mike Tomlin, who is hard headed, stuck in his yeah. ways. Could you see a situation where he would just be like, nah, he's the kid's just not ready and go back to Ryan Tannehill because that appears to be what they like to do is just go back to the same thing. I mean, they tried Malik Willis and like wouldn't give him a shot, didn't let him go, didn't apparently <laughs> didn't like anything about him. And <laughs> through Ryan Tannehill, right. And through Ryan Tannehill right back in there. Could you see a situation where Vrabel's like, nah, we're going to stick with Tannehill? Yes. But I'll tell you where it comes from. In my opinion, if Mike Vrabel sticks with Ryan Tannehill, over Will Levis, it's proof that Mike Vrabel has complete job security and has no concern. If Vrabel makes the move to Levis, it's because Vrabel understands he is not bulletproof. So what we don't know is what happens behind closed doors on how much leash Mike Vrabel thinks that he has. Because if if he has that total confidence, then he's going to do it his way and he's not going to worry about it. Um, it would be a mistake, uh, in my opinion. Look, Tennessee was not a great team to begin with. They're not a great football team. But they have a couple really good players. I said from the beginning, I did not even understand why DeAndre Hopkins was willing to go to Tennessee. Right. Because the problem is, you can look at it and say, well, all they're missing is a really good wide receiver. And that would be the case. Except they don't have a really good quarterback to get the ball to that really good wide receiver. And if you're DeAndre Hopkins, isn't that pretty much what you've had your entire career? You've only played on teams that did not have satisfactory quarterbacks. I mean, who was it in, in Houston? Matt Schaub? Who was throwing the ball early on in DeAndre Hopkins' career? Then he leaves the Houston Texans and he goes to the Arizona Cardinals for reasons that I'll still never understand. And then who are you going to have there? Okay, best case, Kyler Murray. But even that didn't happen too often. And then he goes, okay, well, you know, that's the time where if you're DeAndre Hopkins, it should be, find me the very best quarterback I want to go. That's when late in careers, people went to the Patriots to play with Tom Brady, Randy Moss and others. But in this scenario, you have this guy just getting hung out to dry. So anyway, yeah. we're way long on time already, but it's, it's, you know, it just makes no sense to me. These no. decisions don't make sense. No. So yes, but I do think Vrabel could still stick with Tannehill just to prove a point uh, if he feels like he has total job security. That's my take on that. Uh, looking ahead to the week nine games, uh, look really briefly again, we're not going to go through all of them. Anything here, jump out at you that you particularly are interested in. There's certainly a couple that I'm curious about. Well, I mean, we got, uh, Steelers, uh, Titans on Thursday night. Great situation for Will Levis, uh, given a short week that the Steelers have with Minka being injured. Didn't look like he was going to be ready to go. Um, so, yeah, that could be a, a real good spot for him again to kind of showcase, um, you know, what he's, uh, you know, what he could do and kind of cement himself as the, uh, as, yeah. uh, as the starter there. Uh, Dolphins Chiefs, um, that's an NFL. How, how do they manage to do this, man? <laughs> I just, is this, is this Germany where this one's at? I think it is. If I remember correctly, it's Germany and it's just like, you know, I don't even understand. Yeah, how does that end up in Germany? How is that yeah. not Sunday night football, Monday night football? <laughs> Frankfurt Stadium. Yep, there yeah. we go. So, yeah. yeah. So crazy. <laughs> 9.30 a.m., two six and two teams playing at 9.30 in the morning on Sunday. I mean, this is... 
I mean, finally, you know, remember for the longest time, these, uh, the, they were just sending over the, just, I mean, just awful oh, yeah. teams. Yes. <laughs> the dregs like, of the league got to play like Jacksonville there. was over there all the time when Jacksonville <laughs> was just awful. These games would be like, you know, 13 to seven. And you're like, oh my gosh, these people have to be like, what is this garbage? <laughs> <laughs> they score well, about as many points as soccer does. <laughs> I mean, look, I think also Cowboys-Eagles could be interesting and Bills-Bengals. I mean, I think both of those seem like they could be really, really interesting games to see. Yeah, so. yeah. That Cowboys-Eagles um, will kind of, for me, tell me who the Cowboys really are. Um, yeah. Bills-Bengals. Uh, I saw Bills just sign Leonard Fournette today. Yeah. Uh, Going to be About on the practice squad, something. though, so I don't know if he'll be, um, uh, you know, uh, he's not going to be available for this game, but uh, something to keep an eye on. Um, how about, um, for me, how about the Seahawks and Ravens? Two very interesting, similar built teams, in my opinion. I, I feel like, yeah. uh, you know, still predicated on defense, but starting now to start putting more offensive weapons, um, you know, out there. So, um, I think that's going to be a good game. That's in Baltimore though, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yeah, I believe it is. In fact, the Ravens go on a, it is in Baltimore and they go on a run here of home games upcoming. They've had a brutal stretch of, uh, of road games here. And, uh, and you know, now they're, now they're going to be, uh, they have a good run of, of home games coming up. So we'll see what happens, but yeah, I think that could be a very interesting matchup for sure. Here's one. Um, it's not. I mean, it's not going to be a good game. But I, I, I want to get your um, what would you do situation on this one. Cardinals um, are at Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Cardinals are sitting at one and seven right now. Yeah. Do you see any? And they're talking about um, benching um, uh, Josh Dobbs uh, and and starting uh, the backup quarterback if uh, if. Uh, Kyler yeah. Murray isn't ready. W- what reason would you have to bring Kyler Murray back at this point? Only because you paid him so much money. I mean, honestly, like, yeah, why in the world are you putting Kyler Murray in there? It's only to look ahead to next year. It's it's because you paid him so much money, you want to get something out of him, and you want him to have some playing time this year so that he doesn't have a Deshaun Watson situation where he sits out for such a long period of time. But, I mean... I don't know. I, Do you want I, Murray I kind of as your quarterback? Do you want no, him to be the, your quarterback? That's the big question, right? That's the so big question. If you have a chance to get the first pick in the draft, and I'm not saying, you know, I, I mean, I think the shine maybe is coming off Caleb Williams a little bit. He's still a really, really, really good quarterback. Yeah. Uh, to me, he's he's got Patrick Mahomes qualities. I'm not saying he's going to be Patrick Mahomes, but he's got Mahomes quality. Um, and if you don't like him, there's many, many other quarterbacks Plus the fact that you would have the number one draft pick and you are rebuilding this team. Yeah. You're going to need running backs. You're going to need wide receivers. Why not get that first pick? Play hard. Play as hard as you want. Sure. Play play very, very hard. Just don't win any more games. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe you don't take a quarterback, but guess what you can do? There's some team that wants Caleb Williams or wants That's Drake right. May. You know, wants one of these guys and That's the draft right. capital you have. So Okay, you bring Kyler in. Okay, so you bring him in. Let's say he doesn't play this week, which I I, I can't imagine. So you're going to lose. You're going to fall to one and eight. So now you've got eight games left in the season. What are you going to do? You bring him in, and he takes takes you to five and three. Right. 
Is that good at all? Like, do you want that right. to happen? So now, I, what I mean, you're... I don't disagree. I mean, outside of putting the money out for him, put him on ice. Yeah. Why bother? You get nothing out of it. You're a terrible team. Yeah. Bring him back. Well maybe known the last before three games. Season. I don't know. Maybe the last three games of the season. Once you have right. that that one spot wrapped up, bring him back yeah. for the, like next three weeks. The last three weeks of the season and showcase him. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so either you know he plays so super well that you're like, yeah, I can win with this guy, and he's ready to go, fully healthy, or you showcase him for you know someone else yeah. that that will be like hmm, all right you got the number one pick and you got kyler so can we do a trade where we take kyler and <laughs> give you something else? yeah i don't know yeah. you know there, there's so many different options out there but i just at one and seven man i, I don't why you why, don't bring them back yeah no i mean I, I agree that makes the most sense for sure which means they probably won't do it no um <laughs> Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on briefly while we were talking about it and I got away from it just a little is I thought this comparison was very interesting. I saw the other day between Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. Didn't even realize they were both drafted the same year, honestly. If you look at the number of touches, the scrimmage yards, number of touchdowns, number of carries, number of rushing yards, number of receptions, total receiving yards. I mean, they could not be... <laughs> <laughs> any more similar like no. these are incredible uh these numbers are so 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 similar and i think part of this was alvin kamara's early career the saints were a good team and he was you know doing a lot early in mccaffrey's career he's playing on the panthers and they were a terrible team and he was getting a lot of touches and doing everything but he was also you know the only player on that team Obviously, we've seen what he's done since he uh, got to San Francisco. But I just thought this was a fascinating comparison between these two players. Yeah, very much so. And I think we discussed this a little bit. I believe Kamara's played 12 more games than McCaffrey, although yeah. wasn't Kamara suspended first it couple was. of games here? So maybe that's caught up a little bit. I mean, I don't know what their numbers are this year uh, comparatively. I know it's obviously McCaffrey's way, probably way ahead of him at this point. But, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, Kamara was a fantasy god for you know from 17 to 20 i mean that dude was you know he was the number one pick just about every one of those uh years because of the ability to catch and to uh and to run so no i mean i it just feels like kamara's played like four more years than christian mccaffrey really does really does crazy yeah what a draft that was jeez Great players in that 2017 goodness. draft, man. Yeah, I mean, goodness yeah. gracious. Yeah. So, uh, so I don't want to forget, you know, there were a couple other things that we want to touch on. And one of them was the fact that we had an interesting boxing match over the weekend. And this was heavyweight champ Tyson Fury going against former UFC MMA fighter Francis Ngannou. And look, I mean... Francis uh, handled himself really well in this fight. No one expected. This is his first boxing match ever, and it went a full 10 rounds, and he knocked down Tyson Fury at one point. I mean, Ngannou has incredible power. We know that. We've seen it so many times, training videos, and obviously his, his work in the UFC. But he gave 
Tyson Fury basically any every bit that he would have wanted and pretty early on Fury was content to kind of keep his distance a little bit and 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 you know not not get into a, a blow for blow thing there but I mean you cannot argue with the way Francis Ngannou acquitted himself in that fight for sure 100% there's many people that think he probably got robbed of the decision yes. there so no you're absolutely right I mean I I, I can't believe the number of people that felt, in fact, none other than The Undertaker. Mark Calloway was actually at the fight, and I saw a video with him. And he's a big fight fan, and he was very, very impressed with uh, with Francis Ngannou. And then they actually said, who do you think won? And he was like, mm, I don't know. Like, uh, maybe, maybe, I'm not sure. Like, they really, a lot of people, they were at the fight. A lot of people who watched the fight really felt like there was, a, that Francis probably won that fight. The thing is, and Francis handled it really well afterwards. You know, I mean, he, he was very professional, said, hey, man, this is my first fight. You know, I've never done this boxing thing before. I'm learning. Now I understand the temperature of the water. Now I'm ready to, you know, to get ready. And you you can't, it's going to take a lot, right? We understand, we know the history of boxing and everything. You can't just walk in and have a pretty good fight and then think that you're going to beat the heavyweight champ of the world if it comes down to points. You've got to leave no doubt. And that's, that's either an incredibly yeah. decisive victory or a knockout. And, um, and you know, so there was wiggle room and they're going to wiggle out and they're going to keep the champ, the champ, and they're sure. going to set up the rematch. How embarrassing course. is that for boxing? If a guy who's never boxed before <laughs> goes in and beats the heavyweight champion of the world, <laughs> this is why you don't, I don't know why I don't, I'm money. I mean, obviously money is the yeah. only reason why you do this, but why, why are you taking a fight? Ngano has nothing at all to lose in this situation. Yep. Nothing right. to lose. And, and no matter what Fury does, he's not going to come out looking good. Like there's no way Fury ever comes out of this match. If he knocked him out in the first 10 seconds, like what's the first thing people are going to say? Oh, you beat a guy who doesn't box. Of right, course you exactly. should have done that. Yeah. You should have won. Right. And now only you're only set to be, you know, just ridiculed and, and everything else. And I guess money just talks and money doesn't care that you went the distance with a guy who's never been in a professional boxing ring before. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it is important because people have to keep in mind, like Fury's record is 33 0 and 1. So, I mean, he put that record on the line to take this fight, but he was expected to make close to $50 million for this fight. And uh, Nganu is going to make somewhere around 10 million. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, yeah, you're going to take that money for sure. I mean, that, that, that is, that's some massive, massive payday there. Uh, so yeah, it's that, pretty, it's pretty crazy. That fight was on ESPN plus. And uh, like, cause my, my oldest was like, Hey, you know, the fight's going to be on. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm not stand up till one in the morning to watch it. He's like, no, right. I think it's on in the afternoon. I'm like, all right, cool. So I went to check it out. It was like, it was the weirdest number too. It was like $90 and 86 cents or something like that. Like I am not paying $91 to see essentially a a celebrity boxing match. Like this is just an exhibition of sorts. Like I I don't, I mean, if he would have won, would that have made Nagano the heavyweight champion? I don't, was that, was the title on the I don't know that the title, yeah, I'm not 100% sure if it was an actual I don't think it was. Yeah. Um, so imagine paying yeah. ninety one dollars to see that. I just, I, I don't. I, man, yeah, boxing is weird, crazy. man. I, I just can't yeah. believe they still charge the prices that they do, and you can't even find good competition for. Let's be honest, Tyson Fury is is uh, a fine boxer, 
But he is not the boxers we grew up watching. No, no. <laughs> not mean, at all. No. <laughs> no. Lennox Lewis, yeah. Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield. I mean, the heavyweights yeah. that we grew up watching were like, yeah, this is not. I mean, and there's yeah. no knock to Tyson Fury. It's just, it's just no. you, you can only fight in the era you're in, but right. he was not in that era. No. <laughs> well, and I have some interesting stuff here about Francis Ngannou that I thought was really good. I mean, what an amazing story. So Francis Ngannou was born in Cameroon. He routinely ate food from the trash. He started doing physical labor at 10 years old. He fled Cameroon to go to Paris to chase his dream. He was arrested six different times crossing the border. He slept on the streets in Paris. He then signed with the UFC in 2015 and ended up becoming the UFC heavyweight champion. Then he left UFC for a multi-million dollar deal with the PFL, which I guess is the Professional Fighters League. Yep. It's a newer league that they're coming up with. He had a high seven-figure per fight guarantee, $2 million guarantee for his opponents, a share of each event's net profits, freedom to box and sign sponsors, and equity in the PFL and the chairman of PFL Africa. And, I mean, this is a guy that from Cameroon, like from nothing, and now has equity in the PFL. Francis Ngannou went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Tyson Fury as a heavyweight champion and then is also a UFC champion as well. So, I mean, really an amazing, amazing story with Francis Ngannou. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's someone who just did it all, like, yes. his on his own. Yeah. I mean, he built his own destiny, and that's, that's amazing to see. So, kudos to him. Like I said, he didn't have anything to lose in that fight. I mean, I guess his oh. life, I suppose, but, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's a very dangerous sport, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, yeah, I, I don't understand why Fury would take a fight on, but I guess a fifty million dollars yeah. for ten rounds uh, is offered to me. I'm, yeah, I might take it. So, and look, I mean, Fury said that he was taking him very seriously, but there's every possibility that he didn't. You know, just thinking that it wouldn't be an issue. The fight could look very different in the rematch because he, he would know what he's dealing with and maybe take it a little bit more seriously. But hey, if Ngannou keeps getting better. Yeah, like that, he's got the he's got the power to surprise uh, and do a flash knockout for anybody. So oh, yeah, it's That's it's a, definitely doable. Yeah, still won't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So before we wrap this thing up, um, I saw this. I thought this was pretty interesting. We know uh, Clay Travis. Clay Travis is on Outkick. You know, technically talk sports, really just kind of a troll, internet troll, tries to like get <laughs> the people's... greatest of trolls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's really his entire yeah. gig is just being yeah. a straight up troll. But he put this out the other day and I thought it was worth, you know, worth a worth a conversation about, which is Clay Travis came out and said, I'll put a million dollars on the line. Your WNBA champion team against a 2024 high school boys state champion team of my choice. <laughs> If you guys win, you get a million dollars of my money. If my team wins, you all pay me a million and I give it to the all to the boys high school team. You in? Hello. <laughs> On the surface, right? You would go, okay, well, this is Clay Travis being a troll. And it obviously is. He's trolling the WNBA. He's getting in the headlines. He's getting clicks saying, I'd be willing to bet that a high school boys team could beat a WNBA team. Your WNBA champion team, like the best WNBA team, 
against the high school boys state champion team of his choice. However, as much as you want to just say, well, that's trolling. Is he wrong? Like, and, 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 and again, is the WNBA in this situation, are they comparable to the Tyson Fury? Uh, where it's kind of like, why bother to do this? Because it could only go poorly for you, right? If you win, yeah. you're supposed to win. But if you lose, the WNBA champions lost to a boys' high school team. But, I mean, there's a million dollars on the line that's getting donated to that boys' team if if the women were to win, right? So it's like, I don't know. What do, what do you think about this? Well, no, the million dollars if the women it goes to the women, which is probably oh wait, right. More, if they, sorry, if yeah, the women win, yeah. they get it right. Uh, yeah, if right. it was the other way, yeah. So it's just probably more than we, we looked it up. Is, is would be more than <laughs> their salary for the entire That's year. Right. So maybe they're yeah. like, screw it, we'll take it. I mean, I mean, first off, like, I don't know what does this really prove? Uh, what like what is his point with it? I guess is, right. Like, what is your point? Like, come on, man, now you're just being a jerk. I mean, honestly. But do I think it is possible? Yeah. I mean, we saw the U.S. women's team, uh, soccer team, lose to an <laughs> under-15 boys, uh, <laughs> you know, in soccer yes. and get demolished. I mean, it wasn't even like a, a close game. It was yeah. it was an absolute – so do I think, like, yeah, I, I think you, there's some pretty darn good high school basketball. And if it's his choosing, I mean, how many yeah. – like, there are high schools that recruit other – like, they recruit people to their high school – yeah, and I mean, Kobe Bryant went to the NBA from high school. Kevin Garnett went to the NBA from high school. <laughs> yeah. uh, LeBron James, right? It's like these. There, there are plenty of players. So the idea that like no high school boys team could possibly beat a WNBA team, particularly the WNBA champions, man, I don't know. Like you said too, like there, there's gonna be some big physical dudes on those teams, man. Yeah. It's not just gonna be this. It's not playing a middle school team. It's not playing an elementary school team or a Parks and Rec team. There's going to be, you know, the, 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 the size will be comparable. Uh, the athleticism, I mean, it, it would be a very fascinating matchup. Look, I'll throw in 50 bucks. Um, there you go. They do it. So just, <laughs> you get the horn show. We're in for $50. We're, in 50 uh, bucks. We'll, we're, a, we're a platinum it. sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> we got yeah, two I nosebleed mean... seats uh, with it. So, yeah. I mean, if the, if the WNBA championship team, played the boys state champion some boys state champion team somewhere in the country i i think there's a decent chance that the boys team would beat that wnba even though they're the best team in the wnba if it's a really 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 good state champion boys team we talked about before look at the teams in california look at the teams in florida i mean new york like they have some incredible incredible players and they build these juggernaut teams uh, yeah, man, I think that would be amazing to see. So, you know, we know what Clay Travis is all about, but at the same time, this becomes a pretty interesting argument. I thought it does. I, I just don't, what is the argument though? Like, I, like what is his Well, I think it's a dare, point. basically. I think the point is, Hey, the WNBA isn't really legitimate basketball and, uh, I'll prove it. Go play some boys, high schoolers, and, uh, we'll, we'll see if you can win. And he's willing to put his money where his mouth is and put a million dollars on the line to, to prove his point. So it's a dare. I mean, it's a straight up double dog dare you to, uh, to do this with a million dollars on the line. I don't know. And it won't happen. Of course it won't happen, but it would be pretty fascinating. Yeah. I, I mean, 
it's just i don't know it, i would watch it it'd be fun to watch i mean yeah. if it's kind of like an exhibition type of thing but like you're just doing it to be like yeah women suck at sports like i don't like what is the point it just uh it's yeah. just like i i you know i don't disagree with some of the stuff he says but like for this one it's like i i don't okay so the nba wnba isn't the nba like of course we all know that yeah. like we all know that we're not like shocked by this and i don't know yeah. that is anyone saying they are i i don't i don't know well and that's the thing right this is clay trolling because i agree with yeah. you 100 percent. it's kind of like that like why you're calling them out for no real reason other than, <laughs> yeah, than to embarrass them. unless they said something maybe right but... <laughs> but if you're doing it just to embarrass them it's kind of like okay yeah but if they could take a million dollars of your money by shutting you up then it's kind of okay well, i don't know would there be I, interest there you know what i guess if you're a troll that's what you do man like, yeah you know that's and it. You, you trying to get under your skin if, take the bait you know they're, yeah. they're all sitting there like all right you know this is probably be an extra i don't know how many players are on a WNBA team but if it's 10 you know they're right. 100 grand in their pocket they're like all right we'll take his money and shut them up yeah but, got a lot of yeah. people on the team aren't even making a hundred grand a year. We know that right. WNBA yeah. players make like 40, 50, 60 grand. So yeah, yeah. it's just, it's just such a, it's just really douchey thing to do. Oh say. yeah. hundred percent. And I don't know, there might be more context to it, but I didn't see any contest. It was just yeah. like, you know, it'd be like me being like, you know, yeah, I bet any money, my kids, you know, high school, football team will lose to my son's flag football team, my seven-year-old's flag football team. Like, what? Why Why yeah. did you bring this up? Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just silly. Yeah. And that's just Clay getting clicks, getting people talking. Like, it that's works, his, man. That's his whole it goal. Works. That's his whole he, goal. Love them, hate them. People, people just, I, I mean, that you can, that you can have that kind of skin that you know you are going to get hate <laughs> you know you that's, just that's know the reason you do it but that's the whole entire reason you do it because it gets it gets activity on your page that's it you know it, it gets people directed to going elsewhere now you got all this you know content you you've got all these views uh twitter pays for this stuff now apparently yeah. somehow some way I mean, it's it's genius. I just I don't know if that's the kind of life I want to live. But I mean, <laughs> right. it's uh, hey, it's working for him. So yeah, he's got a million dollars of his own money that he's willing to put up. So clearly, yeah. he's doing well. That yeah, he he's can doing do just that. fine. He's got yeah, his he's own not... money that he can put on WNBA and boys <laughs> yeah. high school basketball. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, we should wrap this sucker up. We went long. Sorry, everybody. We're going to try to continue to do better. We like to try to be around 45 minutes, but. Oh, hey, uh, here's how we can not go long next week. Uh, the Steelers can actually play a competent football game, and then we won't have to worry about going long. I was going to say all we have to do is just not talk about them. I think there's a oh, easier. That too. That too. <laughs> it might chance. actually be easier. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with the easy solution. Probably easier. We just won't talk about them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, listen, enjoy the games upcoming. And uh, hopefully, if you're betting, you can make a couple bucks. And uh, in the meantime, we will talk with you soon. Have a good day, everybody. See you. Good night.